Spouters. Spouters, this is Paulie from All Talked Up. And, uh, you know, podcast night, baby. My main man, Captain Buzz, to my right. Captain Buzz, do you copy? Over. Ah, uh, Captain Buzz here. I got a copy. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Hey, uh, well, you know, I'm doing all right. Let me take because... a sip of my cocktail first before I say I'm all right. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, because <laughs> I launched over the weekend, so I am a happy camper. Well, before we get into talking about your launch and your shakedown cruise, uh, the All Things <laughs> Boating podcast is sponsored by All Docked Up, uh, your number one resource guide to service. Um, so, buzzword, we're going to talk about your launch and your shakedown cruise. But before we get into that, everybody, uh, what's your captain's briefing, Captain? What do you got? Well, and it actually uh, is related to the launch. So if you have the opportunity, because sometimes folks aren't around when the boat is launched, I happen, um, I want to be there. Go figure. <laughs> no, you don't say. <laughs> so, you know, they lower me. I'm in, the, I'm in the travel lift and in the sling, and they lower me down into the water, and I hop on. And uh, make sure all the seacocks are open, right? And open up the open up the hatch, and fire up my big uh, Cummins diesel engines, and look for leaks, right? You want to just make sure everything is good. As a matter of fact, uh, I had my brother-in-law with me help me launch over the weekend, and uh, and he said, "Hey, there's a there's a drip coming out." And I said, "Sure enough, it was one of the one of the pencil zincs in the after cooler um, was leaking." And I jumped down in there and tried to tighten it up. It just wasn't right. So I re- grabbed another pencil zinc, a little Teflon tape, boom, bang, boom, no more leak. Big but, bang, know, boom. Just, How you doing? Yeah. How you feeling? And then everything. And, and I did, I did look around my rudders and there was just a little bit of moisture, but once I started, you know, turning the wheel, it kind of sealed back up again. So that was good. And we checked that halfway back to the home Marina. Um, you know, we were, we came off plane and, and, uh, opened the hatch again and looked for, looked around for any leaks or anything else. Uh, so anyway, that, you know, make sure again, if you're, if you're, if you happen to be on board and, and I recommend that you do, cause it's a good experience, open up your hatch, uh, fire up the boat while you're in the sling and, uh, and check for leaks. Cause lo and behold, we found one. What do you got for your, uh, detailers briefing there, Skipper? I'll tell you what, I, I had the privilege of uh, still to this day, you know, um, there's still a couple of customers boats that as busy as all docked up is and as crazy as I am every day, day in and day out, I still had a couple of customers, you know, because I told a majority of my customers last year that, you know, guys with the company growing and me being out there on the road every day, unfortunately, you're going to have to find yourself another detailer. Well, some of my customers uh, made me offers that I couldn't refuse. <laughs> They're like, Paulie, you can't leave us. The boat's too pretty. Who else is going to make our girl pretty? I'll tell you what. Um, so well, they I'm, I'm me. one of them. So I you hope I'm in line, right? I'm in line. You, you're already on the schedule, you son of a <laughs> And, um, you know, so when I was doing this customer's boat, I did an express cruiser, 35. Um, I've taken notice to, he had Sombrella Plus, and I see a lot of mold and, and growth buildup on the bottom of the Bimneys. Um, and, and, and he's like, Paulie, I just don't seem to understand why I get it. And there's a couple of reasons why. Um, if you have, a, like, I have standard Sombrella for my Bimney top and my Sport Cruiser. Um, you know, Buzzy, you have the hard top, luckily, you son of a bitch. But um, 
if you have Sombrella Plus, you know, it's very common to have mold buildup and mold growth on the bottom of it. So, you know, he's like, I don't seem to understand why that's happening. Throughout the course of the week, if you're not, you know, I close all my canvas down. But the one thing that I do leave open is one of my pieces of glass uh, on the backside of the transom, I leave open and I allow air to physically get through there. But the thing else that I noticed too, Buzzy, is if you have not waterproofed your top, okay, your bimney in your enclosure for your cockpit enclosure, make sure you're, because people take notice to it where, you know, I got to get it waterproofed. I got to get it waterproofed. If your exterior of that bimney is not waterproofed properly, what ends up happening is you get water saturation that sits below. If you close up that boat for the weekend, it sits there and it's just wet. So number one, you're going to want to make sure that you've waterproofed your top and followed, you know, the safety guidelines and everything else while doing it. But number two, if you do have to clean it, okay, first, this one customer's boat, I will say he had a pretty decent amount of buildup underneath. And it was from the previous year. Obviously, it's so early in the season. The first thing that I did was I brushed it all down with, uh, you know, with a standard bristled brush with a mask on my face just to knock down any of the growth. And then I washed the canvas, uh, the bimney top. I had a bucket and I had some wool light and I washed the entire, you know, um, bimney top with wool light because wool light is a good product and it's got a color fastening in it that works very, very well. Uh, a lot of my canvas people have told me to utilize wool light, uh, but use just a very, you know, light soap to get it cleaned up. I've seen people use bleach on them. And if that's the extreme with what Ooh. you have to do, be careful I guess there. be real careful there because bleach does trash the stitching uh, just to let everybody know that. And you're not going to re-moisturize, uh, you know, the stitching in the bimney top. But um, make sure that your top is waterproof because if you have saturation coming through, you're naturally going to have growth. But if you have the opportunity to, uh, and Buzzy, you know this, you know, in my boat, the cockpit carpet runner snap onto the, you know, to the floor of the boat. And I pull that aft one up and I allow that one last piece of glass open to let air pass through. If you have the opportunity to get more air to pass through, you can minimize the actual growth on just about anything. That's where mold, you know, physically comes from. So check your top, make sure you're waterproof. If, if, if you you know, if you have a hard rain and you see any water saturation at all, even if it's not dripping on your head, but you see that the underside of your bimney is moist, you got to waterproof it. And that's where you're going to get your growth. And by the time I was done, uh, you know, the customer was actually pretty baffled. He learned a lot. He was very, very happy. Uh, and it worked out very, very well. Um, but it's a pain in the ass because you know, the best thing you want to do is take it off the actual boat. I did not have that luxury. So I had to clean it and all of that while it was actually still up on the customer's boat. So, uh, you know, each individual's a little bit tricky, but you got to do what you got to do to make the boater happy, baby. <laughs> Roger it that. is what it is. Hey. It is what it is. So you, you talk to me about the shakedown, Cruzy Buzzy. Everything went well. Um, you obviously found your leak with your with your uh, your pencil zinc on your motor because you're changing them out every year. Um, 
Is there anything that you saw differently? Is there, um, I, I know you, you know, you fire up the boat, you had your engine hatch open, you were watching everything. Is there anything else that you saw, uh, that you did a little bit differently or, you know, something that, you know, happened that was abnormal outside of the leak? Well, it's a good question. And I'd say the, the biggest shocker for me was the price of fuel on the water. Whoa. <laughs> what did you oh you know oh, what yeah whoa. i mean i i i was prepared but i wasn't i, I was that that that's a shock what did and you get ready what, folks it's a shocker i was a shock fuzzy what did you uh where did you get fuel did you go uh, into bow bay yeah yeah what was ken charging for that it was uh it was 450 a gallon for diesel holy testicle tuesday yeah oh still, my god still cheaper than on the road but you know, that's, that's well more than a dollar. Well, a lot more than, uh, uh, what it was last year. So folks get ready the gasoline. Uh, I didn't even take notice cause I was already in shock, but gasoline was cheaper than diesel. And last year diesel was cheaper than, cheaper gasoline. than so gasoline. I don't, I don't, I don't understand, but anyway, get ready for that. But the, the yeah, the launch went good. The shakedown cruise, it's always like, you know, when you're, when I'm firing up my electronics after they've been sitting all winter, uh, it's like, you know, the Apollo 13, when they go back into the command <laughs> module and fire everything back up, like following a sequence and making sure there's not a meltdown. Yeah. Uh, so you're praying to God that everything actually, you know, exercises yes. and turns on. And everything, everything fired up. Uh, and so and then, you know, I fired up the generator, let that run for an hour. Uh, that worked well. Uh, you know, uh, the air conditioning and heating system and, and I shampooed all the carpets and I put in the brand new seats that I had done. And remember I, I found a, found a wonderful service provider on all docked up to, to redo my, all my cockpit seating. Yeah. You uh, got to throw a little love to uh Gail from Island yacht canvas in she, Ken Island in Graysonville, who did a gorgeous job on your cockpit seat. Oh my she, God. She did. And, and I owe, and I promised her some photographs of the way it looks. I've just got a couple more things to iron out before it's photo ready, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, I'm really pleased with how they came out. And it's always a, you know, I'm thinking, right. Cause I had a, I had to haul them from Kent Narrows to my garage in the truck being careful, you know, not to, not to, I mean, every edge was covered with blankets and, <laughs> you know, you, the last thing you want to do is destroy your brand new seats when you're transporting them from the truck to the boat and from the boat from the, to the shop. Uh, but everything worked out. They're now in place and, uh, yeah, they look really sharp, really sharp. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, your initial shakedown and I learned something this year too. I kept my boat, you know, in the water, uh, all winter long. And when I went to, um, I was scrubbing out the cockpit, get doing my due diligence, getting everything cleaned up. Cause now my boat's got to be yanked out of the water to actually get the bottom done, the outdrive service, and the boat's right. got to be fully detailed and buzzy this year. I am stepping it up and I am going to ceramic coat my blue colored hull from the water line to the bottom of the rub rail. Look I am going to, I am finally going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. But the one thing that I noticed that my blower motor is starting to fail. Um, so obviously I, I, I went ahead and opened up the hatch and I turned the blower motor on and the blower motor was making some hideous noise, you know, whether whatever's wrong with it, I have no idea, but it's definitely time for a change. Um, 
But I do that religiously, you know, when I'm actually, anytime that I'm getting ready to pull out, I always make sure that I open up the engine hatch and, and check the motor, check the fluids, check the oil, outdrive fluid, the whole nine. But uh, I noticed that the blower motor has got to be, uh, you know, replaced. Um, so that should be that should be an easy part to find and not a difficult job. That one is not. You know what I mean? Now, sometimes putting Big Papa Paulie in some of the engine rooms, not the greatest idea in the world. You know, so that's going to have to be swapped out and that's going to have to be changed out, which I'm glad that I found because it was making some interesting noise. Um, but I will tell you what, if something is going to go, you know, um, and we've spoken about this before, Buzzy, you know, I think everybody should have an HD camera, you know, tied into their electronics on board that's in their engine room because, yeah, you well, know, if I mean, something is going to go wrong, the shakedown cruise normally is the first time it's going to happen. How much fuel did you put your boat away with this year, Buzz? Uh, a quarter tank on each side. Oh, okay. Uh, it's too bad. I could have invested in full tanks and my boat would have appreciated over the winter time. And I know. Yeah. You don't hear that all that very much. Because if <laughs> I'm not mistaken, Buzzy, what were you paying for diesel last year on the water? Off-road was like two forty nine a gallon? Well, it was more toward, it was more toward the $3 mark toward the end of the season, but there was, uh, there was a bar, there were some bargains to be had. You needed to, to buy a minimum number of gallons, but you could work it down to 250 a gallon. Well, the one thing I'll say this, you know, all of our listeners that are listening to us right now, you know, send us, uh, you know, shoot us an email podcast, um, at all And I'd like to hear everybody's feedback on what are your plans for the upcoming season with the high cost of fuel? What are you going to do to alter your plans? What are your thoughts? You know, please, everybody, take the time uh, and, and to send us an email, podcast at alldockedup.com, to, to, to give us an idea. Because I want to start chatting about what people are going to do with it, with the increasing rising cost of the fuel. Because, Buzzy, I mean, you're talking a buck and a half a gallon more. And if I'm not mistaken, Buzzy, when you're running at 2,200 RPMs with your Diamond Series Cummins diesels, you're roughly burning 25 gallons an hour, correct? Uh, it's 27. 27 gallons an hour. So right now, 27 times four, how much was it? Four? 450. 450 a gallon. Oh, my lordy <laughs> lord. You know, so all of our listeners interact with us and, and tell us what you plan on doing. And like, are you going to spend more time out? Are you going to do the you know, the $5 run, leave the dock, go out to the duck blind. Are you going to drop anchor more? <laughs> like, what do you plan on doing? We'd love to hear about it. Um, and, and even your thoughts too. I'll tell you what, with the, with the, the cost of, are you going to still run the same, no matter what the case may be? Are you cutting transient slips out? I'd really like to get the feedback, Buzzy. We should, that should be some awesome emails that we got. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm very curious on what people's thoughts are or what they're going to do this upcoming season with the crazy cost of fuel. And it's affecting everything, all the products across the board with supply and demand shortages are through the roof. Well, and I, and I heard that they're talking about putting more ethanol in the gasoline at the, at the, on the road. And so, well, that makes it really tough for uh, folks at a trailer and filling up at the, uh, 
at the gas stations. I think now I, I just had an opportunity to uh, spend a lot of time um, uh, on the road here recently, and I saw some some gas stations that were selling uh, fuel without ethanol in it at all. And I said, boy, what a, what a great idea for, for older cars and for anybody who has an outboard or even an inboard outboard, you know, marine engine to buy fuel with no ethanol. I thought, I thought that was Buzzy, really we a great, are lucky great deal. Where, where I am, you know, my boat is in Eastport in Annapolis and um, Annapolis City Marina has ethanol free fuel there at the pump. And the last time I got a price on that, it was like $4 and 85 cents a gallon, uh, for ethanol free fuel there. I'd have to do another check and it's definitely going to be more expensive, but there are a lot of boats. I, boats were never, those engines were never meant to run with ethanol in them. They just, especially the outboards and all the catastrophic issues that the fuel cause for people. I think ethanol, ethanol free fuel should be mandatory on the water, uh, period. Um, you know, I think it's crazy what the damage that that does and how many problems that causes for, you know, boaters out on the water. Look, let's, let's get into, um, you know, uh, one of our topics for this evening and we wanted to talk about now this may be, this may be for specific types of boats, but, um, since you and I have culinary backgrounds, I thought that we could talk about how to provision your galley and, and some of the tr- tips and tricks that we have in our galleys um, might help some folks. And so a couple of things, you know, and if you're, if you're getting ready to go on a cruise with your boat, maybe you're going to take it out for a week or whatever. Um, and you, you plan to eat a lot of meals on board when you when you provision your boat with food, number one, don't not too much, right? Don't put so much food on there that you're packing your cabinets and you'll never eat it all. And second, don't think that you're going to change your your habits of what you eat. For an example, if 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 you don't like canned vegetables, well, don't put them on the boat because you're not going to eat them and they're heavy, right? Get your fresh vegetables and, and cook them. But when I, when I talk about provisioning the galley itself on some of the tools um, that I have on my boat. And again, this may, may help folks. So, um, you know, any knives that you have on board, uh, you want to have a sheath, right? Make sure you have a sheath on that because it's, it's probably going to be in a drawer with other, other utensils. Now you can make a sheath out of a, out of a paper towel tube, uh, many, the many things you can use to make a sheath and, and uh, uh, keep, keep your knives protected and keep it safer for uh, sticking your hand in that drawer. Uh, think about tongs that have that, uh, that have a locking mechanism on them. So they're not, you know, they're not taking up a lot of room. Those are, those are very important. Uh, cutting boards, uh, try to get a cutting board that has, uh, the one I have, it's a KitchenAid product. And on the edges, it has a rubber, uh, a rubber border and, uh, that, that it sticks real nice to the galley, um, the galley countertop. And if you don't, if you simply have a plastic cutting board or wood, you can take a, a piece of paper towel flat uh, and moisten it and put that underneath the cutting board. It acts as a great non-skid mat under your cutting board for when you're using it on underway. Uh, you know, you, you want to have a good set of kitchen shears uh, for, 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 for 
cutting. Uh, and then there's obviously spatulas and spoons and things and Ziploc bags for leftovers. Uh, and, and think about, um, you know, let's, Paulie, let's talk about coffee. Because coffee, it's one of my favorite things to do, right? I get up in the morning uh, when I'm staying on board, even at the marina, and nothing better than sitting at the cockpit at the helm, uh, enjoying the scenery, cup of Joe, and firing up a cup of coffee. So, uh, you know, I, there's a built, I, my boat happens to have a built-in, you know, uh, drip coffee maker, but um, I also have a single cup Keurig machine on the boat, and that's really convenient, and you know you make one cup at a time. Uh, so consider that and get your favorite coffee. Don't be afraid to put some china cups on board. You don't have to drink coffee out of plastic. I mean, if you're right, you're going to have a nice cup of coffee. You want to have china or uh, an insulated mug if it uh, happens to be a cold, cold morning. Um, but as far as coffee, don't don't buy more coffee than you're going to use. Um, within a two week period, don't just load up your, your cabinets with coffee. Cause it just doesn't, just doesn't last. Right. Well, uh, Buzzy, how many times have we been out and about and we made so much food? We used to plan our weekends, everybody. And Buzzy and I used to plan a menu because we used to spend a lot of time out on the, on the hook when we had we, time to do all that planning. <laughs> yeah. When we had time to do it. Um, and now, you know, and we've mentioned before, Captain Buzz and myself, we are, tra- you know, we are destination boaters. We want to, you know, load up the boat, grab our credit cards and grab the bag of clothes and go to another marina, another restaurant and have somebody else do the, you know, the cocktails and food and everything else. Um, yeah, don't go bananas when it comes down to it. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, when you're prepping your cooler, for the course of the weekend. And I've seen a lot of boaters that have had contaminated food by, you know, the ice breaks down in the cooler. And, you know, uh, unfortunately they didn't, they just took a a product, they stored it in the, and and they didn't consider the meltdown in the cooler, you know, Ziploc bags across the board, all your products should be in a really nice type zip, uh, Ziploc to make sure that if you do get a lot of, uh, you know, melting in your cooler and breakdown of the ice, you know, uh, that you're not going to ruin your food and, you know, stay vigilant on draining your cooler, um, you know, to get rid of some of that excess water. But, uh, Buzzy, we used to go crazy. I remember like we would have to eat every little thing on the way back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and you make a good point about draining the cooler, uh, because I know that there's a, there's a few studies that have been done. It's like, because it takes uh, the ice as it melts, it takes energy to keep that water cold. So drain that out. Your ice lasts longer if it's not, you know, um, completely submerged in, in, uh, in water. So keep that, keep those coolers drained. Remember uh, what Jimmy used to do, Buzzy, when Jimmy used to pack the bottom of his cooler with all dry ice for the long yeah. weekends that we used to spend out and about? Yeah, well, <laughs> you can't even eat a uh, you can't even eat an ice cream bar that's been next to dry ice as hard as a rock. I, I I don't I never understood. That's a bit extreme. Hey, but I'll tell you what. I don't know. He used to love using dry ice. Um, I don't have the greatest amount of cooler space, you know, in my cockpit. My boat's small, uh, you know, thirty foot, nothing crazy. So everything's got to be in its own little place, and ice is always a problem. 
always a problem one way or another, especially for cocktails, baby. You got to have the cooler down below, the cooler up top. Oh, my God, what a pain in the ass. <laughs> hey, Roger, that you got to you, you gotta have a uh, get ready for a cocktail, of course, when you're on anchor and, and tied up um, for uh, getting ready for a cocktail. Yep, um, no drinking and boating, everybody. But, you know, most boat refrigerators uh they don't they work differently than um than a traditional at-home refrigerator that requires air to be circulating at all times most of and you have to check because there are some home type refrigerators and you get into bigger boats but uh, most of them have like a cold plate and and so you can pack those pretty tight you don't have to worry too much about airspace but you again you've got to understand what kind of refrigerator you have on board and if you have a freezer uh, same thing it's typically like a cold plate um, and not not doesn't require air circulating inside the refrigerator so you can you can pack them pretty good yeah well buzzy a lot of sailboats that i've seen especially you know having the boat down in annapolis the cold plate systems uh whether it's freezer refrigerator on board a lot of the sailboats a little bit different uh, than your refrigerators. But on, on another, on a side note, everybody, you know, nobody thinks to do this, but if you have the opportunity to, you know, let's say you have an older boat. Okay. Um, if you have the opportunity to pull that fridge out, just to make sure that the coils are clean on the backside of your refrigerator, your ACDC refrigerator. Um, I had a customer that, uh, his, full-size ACDC refrigerator failed, compressor burnt out, and it really wasn't all that old. And what he took notice to when he pulled his refrigerator out to replace it, the condensing coils on the backside of the refrigerator were completely murdered with dust. And he was not having proper airflow. So if you guys have the opportunity, just a little maintenance trick, if you can pull out that fridge, I know it's probably not a lot of fun, especially if you have a nice trim around your fridge, but if you have any access to clean out those coils on the back of those refrigerators, they do tend to last a lot longer if they got proper airflow. A couple more, couple more galley tips. Um, there's, there's no room on a boat for Brillo and steel sponges because they rust. They're not safe for, for doing dishes. They leave particles. Don't. Don't put them on a boat because if you if you if one gets wet and you leave it in your sink, uh, it's going to leave a rust stain. Brillo and steel sponges have no place on a boat. Don't use them. I have never been a sponge guy. Um, uh, never had Brillo on board. Uh, honestly, the majority of the time, I just have uh, one of my rags and uh, just a little bit of. Um, you know, a scrubby tool to get in and outside the glasses. I can't stand them. They carry odor. They smell. Yeah, you know not, what I mean? It's, it's no a place. big nay-nay. Definitely no place. No place. Well, when we we're talking about dishes here for a moment. Um, a lot of, you know, this is common sense. But, um, you know, air drying is perfectly acceptable and uh, honestly more sanitary rather than wiping them off with a towel, right? Because a towel is going to capture a lot of bacteria. So if you can air dry, you have the space for it. Go ahead and do that. Um, one chemical that you never want to use because it's really bad for the marine environment is ammonia. Don't ever use that for for cleaning or or sanitizing water or using uh, ammonia is very very bad for for fish. 
So uh, don't uh, don't do ammonia anywhere on your boat. That's that's really important. Yeah, you, there's definitely every chemical that you use, especially even like a lot of the boat soaps. People are using products on board that are non biodegradable products. Guys, make sure that you're paying attention to what you are physically using, um, because if it's not biodegradable and it's not acceptable for being used on the water, you know, a you can get yourself into some trouble. And B, you know, we all have to take our, our little part in being responsible for taking care of our waterways. That's for sure. I have, I have two more tips before we close. Uh, number one, if, you know, if sometimes you leave things in the fridge or you leave things in the cabinets, what I do, because I can never remember, you, you, everyone has a phone, take a quick picture of what's in the fridge, how much beer you have, how many, how many mixers you have, how, many, how much food you have. Take a picture of it. So when you, you're getting ready to drive down to the boat and stop at the store on the way down there, you got a great idea of what you need so you're not doubling up on stuff. And second tip is, uh, and Paul, you'll appreciate this because I know you have one, a battery-operated fly swatter. <laughs> Dude, I'll Those, tell you what. And they're a lot of fun, actually. Um, and my wife is good, man. Man, she has that in her hand. Boy, she's quick, and she can... They're in the air and she's just whacking them, uh, but they're very effective and uh, keeps the flies down on the cockpit and the galley. So <laughs> try one of those. A lot of fun. Oh my God. I'll tell you what, <laughs> Fuzzy, I, I got that as a gift. Diane gave me one of them as a gift and they, they yeah, there she gave me two over the past couple of years. And the one was just like your average everyday regular, you know, electric fly swatter. And the second one that she gave me, it almost, it, it had a black handle on it, new and improved. It was like the electric chair, uh, you know, uh, fly swatter. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, what is this thing? I'm oh, like, and when you, you hit one, it's a nice snap. You know, you got them. Oh my God. I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's almost like the taser, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, Diane, these things are going to like, you know, fry these things and disintegrate them. And she goes, uh, exactly. That's the whole point. <laughs> Because <laughs> there is nothing worse than having flies on board. So that's right. Got to whack. Fuzzy, I'll tell you what, we chewed up another 30 yeah. minutes without breaking a sweat. Just like that. And hopefully we shared some good tips and uh, and we will continue to do that with our podcasts. Hell, there's a couple of topics that we didn't even get to that uh, we'll just have to cover next time. So, uh, Captain Buzz from All Docked Up, standing by on 6 8. Polly from All Docked Up, standing by on 6-8, everybody. Thank you very much. Have a great night and uh, chat with you next week. <laughs> Good night, everybody.